Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain a leadership advantage as Ralph holds wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Coming back to what you'd said about the way sometimes groups get just inward focused and a little bit boring, you know, what, you know, what did the pastor talk about or what did we read and what, you know, the whole, what, what's it say? What's it mean? What's it mean to me is different. It's not missional. It, it's intellectual. It's, you know, we assume that if we pack in enough head knowledge, character will change. And I think that uh, the key is always, what is the spirit saying to you? And then what are you going to do because of what the spirit said to you? And if, if we're not putting that piece in there, uh, challenging people, we're not going to see mission emerge be, because God's creative and he's speaking creative thoughts to individuals. But often um, it, it just lies dormant. Nothing happens as a result of that. So I want to ask a question um, a little bit different here, but I'm, I'm thinking uh, I, I saw what happened during the pandemic with Zoom particularly. Um, Instagram, I've, I'm, I'm still a newbie to Instagram, an old man. And so I, I, I put junk on Facebook from time to time. And then uh, I never look at Facebook, except for I have a private coaching group and I, I have a, a private group for them. So I'll look at that one and interact. But um, it, it, what, what I saw happen during the pandemic was a lot of little clusters of people got together as Zoom groups and microchurches, if you would. And um, I th- I saw it as positive. Talk to us, uh, and, and you know, I mean, form follows function. So we've been talking about function, about what you do, what the Spirit's doing through you guys. Talk to us a little bit about the forms that it's taking and, and how much that is or isn't, you know, because I don't want to superimpose something that's not there, but how much that is or isn't, um, based on the digital tools that we have available. So one of the things, man, um, I'll just tell you like how that went for us. Um, So when COVID ended up happening, the, we did try to go to zoom and we were, we were doing zoom for, hmm, we were doing zoom for about seven or eight months. Um, And so, what ended up happening though is like like I said earlier, it was sort of a reset for us. So I use Zoom for personal like it was a group. Um, one of the groups in in our in our network is called the Fam, and um, so I started like really decide like honing in on them right. And so I was like, okay, we need to do some discipleship stuff. And man, Ralph, when I say this stuff, understand that I am. I am a learner. I have, you know, like, like we, we're just trying, like, we're just literally trying to try to figure a lot of this stuff out. And so grateful for you and exponential and every, everybody else that's really like taking time to pour into us. But what I found out like during that time um, was the zoom worked to sort of satisfy at least the basic human connection. 
but it also um it was also when it started getting intellectual and that kind of thing again uh we're just going through discipleship uh you know we use this thing called the shapes right to discipleship shapes and so there's all these different kind of shapes that talk through um how we can be how how we can be more obedient to to the lord what is god saying how are we responding to that uh, what do our rhythms look like um as communities and all that kind of stuff so we started going through that and and i think um i'll speak to our the culture here in san antonio is very family oriented so when covid was happening one of the things that 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 our government was saying was hey families can't get together yeah. um except like if they're over a certain amount yeah. and our city was not having it like they were still doing birthday parties with 60 70 people like like because that because that's part of the culture like you you like you, you're not taking that away right so um so one of the things so one of the things for us when we're talking about you know we we, we try to be very consistent on the on the message of the body of Christ being spiritual family. And so we're not called to be like a family, like we are called to be the family of God. And so because of that, um, there was sort of there was sort of a disconnect between, okay, if we're family, then why aren't we meeting in person? <laughs> you know, just the just the 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 cultural like disconnect there. And so um, when we actually started meeting in person again, um, it, it was just well received, man, because I was seeing as we were going through the discipleship tools and, and everything and just trying to talk through things on Zoom. It was great at first, like I said, for the basic, you know, human connection. But then after that, it just became like uh, it felt like we're sitting in front of a computer. And so it was really interesting. You said two things. You said that people were saying that they wanted to get back into the building and they wanted to get back face to face. And so for, for our group, we had less people who wanted to get back to the church building, but we had more people that wanted to get face to face. So it was a, it was a very, um, that distinction started emerging. It's like, okay, church is not, we, we understand now church is not, uh, in the building because we've been, you know, gathering together through Zoom and through online church and all this kind of stuff. But there's there, for for my community, I just speak for my community. There's there's nothing that that takes the place of like face to face. Let's hang out. Let's talk um, about what the Lord's doing. Um, and so we're we're doing that we're doing that even now. You know, we're we're setting up more face to face time. And I know this the the danger i don't want to say danger but there's a there's this looming thing of the mask coming back and and all this kind of stuff and the the variants and all that and i'll just just by checking the pulse of this community over here it's like uh we're, we're we we want to still see each other face to face you know and um so i i think yeah i think i think digital has its place man you know, um, I, I'm grateful for it, but um, human to human connection, face to face, man, is um, that's really been bread and butter for us. That's good. That's good. Where do you see things going from here? 
Oh man. So are are you talking about like just for my community? Or are you talking about just uh, in general? Well, let, let's actually talk on on two levels. I, I, I one of the things that I think is uh, every time I do anything about micro church, I get huge response. I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by it. It's like guys are are coming out of the seminary. You know, you 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 spent several years, you invest all this money, and I would you know typically the the expectation is, well, now I'm going to get a job. It's going to be secure. I'm going to be in a church that feeds my family and all that, which often doesn't happen. And, uh, but, but that's kind of always been the trajectory. Now I'm seeing guys that are actually coming out of seminary, let alone, you know, all the, all the house church guys that are spawning more house churches. I'm, I'm seeing guys that are coming out of seminary going, teach me how to do micro church. I, I want to do something entirely different. And, and so we're we're kind of moving away from this big box model back to, you know, what could I, if we were talking about stores, it'd almost be like the corner grocery store where people hang out and get to know each other. And we're we're looking toward that. That's where I think there's there's a, a trend forming. And I think um, the way that we came out of COVID, one of the things that we that we learned that, you know, as a, as a as a Christian populace was we don't need a lot of those programs. Uh, sometimes leaders are having a hard time figuring that out because we worked so hard to make those pro programs. Correct. And now, yeah. now, but the people are realizing, man, I was doing that to cooperate with my pastor. I wasn't doing that because I really needed it and I don't need it. And so I think we're, we're going to see a, a reshaping of what we call church in America. Uh, and so talk about that on, on on the, the 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 max level but then talk about that on you know where you live so um i think uh i i can't agree with you more man i mean i think that people are really uh really hungry for acts two man i mean they're get acts two is like the theme right now for for a whole lot of people like just getting back to the basics of of fellowship breaking of bread prayers, apostles, doctrine, meeting together regularly. Um, and because we've been so inundated with the with the extra, with the performance and all that stuff, we're actually now seeing that it has really worn a lot of us out. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't um, as effective for the people sitting in the pews and for the people that were putting on the performances, man, it was just tiring, right? <laughs> Jesus said, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And a lot of pastors and leaders have been uh, carrying heavy yokes, man, because, because we've got a form of something that, that, that the church was never really intended to be. Um, so I, I think we're looking more at effectiveness and just saying, okay, what, it, what is really effective and it? And when it comes down to it, it really is um, discipleship. And you know, I, I was in a group. Um, I, I, I do this coaching, live coaching thing, and and we met. Uh, I guess it was last Tuesday night, and one of the guys is planting a church, and he's he's um, he's kind of a church rescue specialist. He's he's actually pulled three churches out of destruction and put them back on the road to where they need to be, and he's he's not all that old, so he's done this. You know, he, he's had quite a quite a life doing this. 
but now he's planting a church first time he's ever done that so he's a little bit nervous it's like and a little bit more nervous than he needs to be because he's really capable and it's like but well, i've never done this before you know but he but he raised a bunch of money so he's getting this kind of pressure to to look like a typical southern church you know big box church with a big program and all that kind of stuff and he's going i just i can't go there i i you know he, he coming out of COVID, he moved during the height of COVID to where he is now. Coming out of COVID, he started um, neighborhood barbecues, and now they're meeting in a house, and now they've overdriven the house and trying to figure out where we go next, what are we going to do? But, you know, and pretty much in despair, he, he, he goes, I just can't go back. I don't want to do that Sunday morning thing that we did before. I can never do that again in my life. And, um, and, you know, it's it's probably a little overstated in his life because he's in the middle of this, you know, the crucible of planting something in a city where he hasn't been for a long time. But everybody on that call, and some of these guys are pastoring big churches, and some of them are more middle-sized churches, some of them have planted a bunch of churches. Everybody in that call is saying, I don't want to go back to 2019. I don't want to go back to doing the routine of the big programs and you know big productions and all that i'm i'm done and it was a little bit i mean i i loved it it was it was an exciting time for me hearing all this yeah. but it was also a little bit shocking it's like oh my gosh you know but i think that we're there, there there's a trend forming here yeah it's beautiful it's to me it's beautiful to see um so I, you know, coming from my dad's church, uh, I'll just give you like a little bit of personal context. Coming from my dad's church, um, it was about 300 people. Um, and so everybody, it felt like, it, it felt big enough to be kind of a, a movement, but small enough to where everybody knows everybody kind of thing, especially because I was the pastor's son. So I really knew everybody. But um, going into um, a, the church now, the church now that I attend is um, it's huge. Like we're talking like 10,000 on a weekend kind of, kind of deal. And so uh, one of the things that I've seen is, you know, big or small, the, the, I guess the goals that a lot of pastors have had has been the numbers and, and all that kind of stuff, because we equate numbers to effectiveness. And I, I, I get that, you know, even sometimes when I'm doing rides, I'm like, okay, who, who do we got? You know, but I, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, I think we're, we're changing our metric now to how many people are being equipped to do the work of ministry. And so because of, because of, uh, you know, just the, the climate, our social climate right now, it's all about, you know, social justice and making a difference and all that kind of stuff that um, mixed with the fact that we have, we really do, like I said earlier, God's put eternity in our hearts, man. Like we want to matter. So that's why I, that's why I feel like a lot of people are kind of jumping into the, the social justice movement of Christians anyway, because they're trying to figure out how do I, how do I matter? And I think that the church in answer to your question about, the church swinging into more missional communities, micro churches. I, that's, that's the answer. <laughs> I think that's the answer because you, because it's missional and it, and it's community, right? Like it's, it's, you have a mission, your, your mission uh, it's, it's collective. It comes from, from a collective um, 
uh, how do I say it? It's a, like a you come to you come to your mission collectively, hearing to hearing by the Spirit of God. But it's not one guy saying, "Hey, we're all going to go here," and and if you like it or not, it, it doesn't matter because you're you're a part of that church. Right. Now it's like a, it's a collective. We're coming to we're coming together because we all agree that this is the direction that the Lord is having each of us go. So it's like it's like these little it's like these little fires coming together to make a big bonfire. You know what I mean? Um, so I, so I, I definitely believe it's it's going in that direction, man. And uh, I'm here for it, bro. I'm here for it. You know, we we talk a lot. I, I mean, I built a couple churches out of two passages of scripture: Ephesians four. 10 to 13. Uh, we're here to equip you to do the work of ministry. You got to figure out what that is in your life. And act, and Acts 2, we, we, we built church forms out of what we've perceived in Acts 2. This goes way back into the 1970s for us. And so, you know, we, we were kind of hippies and, uh, but, but there was this involvement. But one of the things that I discovered later on was that if, if, if there's a statement of purpose for the Jesus move mission, see, I always saw, if, and I still do for the church, Ephesians 4 as a sort of a purpose statement. If the church, if the, the key leaders in the church exist to equip the saints to do the work of ministry, then that's what the church is for. But Jesus comes on in Luke 4.18 with a purpose statement for, for the Jesus mission. And, you know, the, it's it's about the poor, it's about the prisoners, it's about it's social justice issues. And I, I look at the, you know, the upheaval that happened uh, right during the pandemic, actually, but, you know, the rioting that was going on, the, the social justice things coming to the forefront, those were our issues, and, and we neglected them. They belong to the church. I mean, they belong to the world. But they, but they really belong to the church. If, if and, and the the church wasn't doing its thing, and therefore other people took over and did it in ways that we wouldn't approve of. And I I can recall um, I wrote a blog about Black Lives Matter, and I wasn't talking about the organization. You know I understand sure. the Marxist yeah. roots and all that stuff, but Black Lives do matter. And and I got taken to task by a couple of people who were all upset because of the political leanings of the organization. But it's like, yeah, but it, this is our problem. This isn't, I mean, they may, they may have taken it on as their problem, may be their problem, but this is first our problem because we are the church. We're, we're the Jesus mission. And uh, it's really exciting to me to see that people are beginning to engage some of these things and, in, in grassroots ways, not not big movement. You know, we're going to raise a lot of money and you know, a lot of PR. But people are just getting involved in the communities where they live and doing stuff. And I'm excited about that. And you know, as you were as you were talking, man. And I actually have a question for you. Um, and how the how the Jesus movement correlates to to now and and all that kind of stuff. Because I there, I, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between what was going on in the seventies and what's happening right now. But um, it, before, before I ask that, I really believe, man, that, um, that there is, you know, the, the Bible talks about the four John the Baptist being a forerunner and preparing the way for the Lord. So I, I really think that um, one of the things that happened with John the Baptist is that as he was preaching, he's preaching repentance, 
and people ask him, what do we do? And he goes and he starts talking about, uh, he, he starts talking to the soldiers, right? About how not to, not to abuse people, tax, you know, don't, mm -hmm. for tax collectors, you know, don't ask more than you should and all that kind of stuff. All of those things were social justice issues. Yeah. And so he puts, he puts uh, um, practicality, he marries practicality with repentance. They're asking about repentance. He's, he goes, he jumps right into pract uh, practical ways of what repentance looks like. And, um, and I think that's happening today, man, that, that there is a forerunner uh, spirit, if you will, there's a forerunner spirit in the earth, man, that's preparing for the next great awakening. Yeah. And, and, it, and it looks like, it looks more practical than what, than what people are expecting because we we think of everything as like okay it's got to be head knowledge it's got to the more you, you know knowledge is power and so we got to cram all the knowledge in and and um i think we're shifting to practicality and what actually what what's working and we're iding what's not working <laughs> and all of these different things and i think it's really just a setup for the next great awakening if you enjoyed today's podcast be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralph moore dot net.